Father God, we love you today, and we need you today. That's such a powerful song, God. It's, it's a prayer. It is a confession that we need you. Lord, the truth is there's not a person here, whether our life is going great or not, there's not a person here that doesn't need you. God, when we sing those words, I think we move closer to you. And that really gets me excited, God, because when we move towards you, you always close the gap and you always move closer to us. And Lord, just powerful words. There may be people here today, Lord, and I'm sure that there are definitely people here today within the sound of my voice, God, that they they are in one of the darkest, deepest moments in their life. And it seems as if hope has eluded them. Lord, it seems as if they are just not even going to be able to make it. And God, you are the same. You're the same yesterday and today and forever. Lord, I just want to announce today that today is the day. It's the day. Yesterday wasn't the day and tomorrow isn't the day. Today is the day that you have made. Your mercies are new every morning. And so, God, today, we just thank you. We, we ask and we thank you for all the grace and all the mercy we so desperately need. And it is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So, Lord, it's a choice. To rejoice is a choice. And today, we make the choice, no matter our circumstances, no matter what's on our plate, no matter what the week looks like that we're getting ready to go into, that we may not want to. We just declare that today is the day, and you've made it. Lord, it took us our whole life to get to today. Lord, we're thankful that you were already here when the sun came up, that you have us and you love us. And I just, I just mean that prayer, that song from the bottom of my heart, that God, I, I need you. And I thank you because you are more than enough. I pray today that people find hope. I pray today that people find help. I pray today that people find encouragement. God, in a world, in a day and age in which we live, when there's so much hate, God, I pray that your love would take front seat, that your love would take center stage. And I thank you for everyone that's come out, Lord, for all those in Blackwater, Lord, all those in Navarre, all those here in Gulf Breeze, and everyone watching online, whether it's through uh, Facebook or another uh, means, God, I I just thank you, Lord, that today uh, you're going to help us because we need you. We confess that today, and Lord, our days get better when we just come and say we need you. So thank you that you're a heavenly father who is so much better than any of our earthly fathers ever could have been because you're heavenly father. And so today, Lord, we, we need to be fathered by God. Today, we need to be embraced by God. Today, we need that love and that care, um, the faithfulness, Lord, that you, uh, of who you, who you are. It's who you are, Lord, and it's what you show us day after day. And I love you. I thank you for the, the worship that's prepared our heart, Lord, and being able to sing. Lord, maybe even wrestle with some of the words coming out of our mouth. Maybe not even agreeing with some of the lines on the screen, Lord, but just kind of caught in that moment of wrestling and 
Lord, that tension of here's where I am and here's where I want to be and I'm, I'm not there and there's a gap. And I'm just thankful that you're the God of the gap. I'm thankful that you meet us right there. And so when people leave today, God, I pray that more than anything, they would leave talking about you. And I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys look great today. Thank you all for being here. Hey, turn before you sit down. Before you sit down, turn to someone next to you and say, you, you're looking pretty good today. You're looking pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope you seize the moment right there, man. You can be seated. You're, you're like, no, I was sitting next to my wife. Oh, you missed it. You missed the moment. I hope you took that moment. Um, that's good, man. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I just kind of want to jump into it today. Today, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to take the message today. I'm going to cut it in half. That ought to excite you. Because <laughs> if I did cut it in half, it, it'd be a little bit longer. But um, on the front end, I really want to kind of do a preload if I can, kind of like a pre-workout. And I, I just want to do a preload. And I want to talk vision with our church today for a little bit. And then we're going to jump into a message. I have a message. This message is going to help all of us. It's, it's a great word. I can't wait to get to it. We're in the series. Last week, I told you we're starting this new series. What is a series? A series is where we pick a subject. We talk about it for anywhere from three to six weeks. And we, we want it to be helpful. We want it to be helpful. I know you could be many other places right now. And I know we're all in different walks of life. There's some of you right now, you couldn't be any happier. And there's some people here today, you feel like you couldn't be any lower. I mean, it's a spectrum. There's layers of people I'm talking to. And so we, in this series, it's complicated. We're talking about relationships. That's the subject that we picked. And I know, I know that it's complicated. How do I know? Because I've been in relationships before, I'm in relationships now, and I hope they're relationships of friends that I'll make down the road. Relationships are not easy. They're not easy. They don't just happen. Uh, I think it was last week or so, my youngest son, Gavin, uh, the bus was coming, and he didn't have his shoes on. And so he said, Daddy, can you help me get my shoes on? Absolutely. So I took his shoes. The problem was his, his shoelaces had been knotted. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about one knot. I'm talking about like 10 knots. And you would have thought that he thought <laughs> that by pulling the knot, it would have uh, become a little uh, loose. But that's not how it works at all. And so I'm literally trying to get this knot out so I can get to the next knot, to the next knot. The clock is ticking. The bus is coming. Gavin is, you know, and I'm trying to get his shoe unknotted. And when I was thinking about that, I thought, boy, isn't that just perfect? That's really a great picture of our relation slips, our relation shifts, the things that we experience. Sometimes you think you're on solid ground, and the next thing you know in a relationship, you get the rug pulled out from underneath you. And we're left wondering what in the world, what went wrong? How did that happen? I love Jesus. He, you know, she loved Jesus. They loved Jesus, supposedly. And evidently, <laughs> where was Jesus? <laughs> because this thing is a freaking knot. You ever been there before? I just lost some of y'all at freaking knot. <laughs> right? You ever been there and you're like, oh, my goodness. And you just almost want to take the scissors and cut it up and start over. You ever been there? Mm-hmm. 
I've been there before. And so relationships are complicated. Last week, um, we learned this truth. It's real simple, and, and I don't mind being accused of being a simple preacher. I'd rather be, uh, <laughs> someone say, hey, he's simple. He's, he's, that's good, because you know what? That means everyone's going to get it. Um, I could go, I, I, could, I could do different um, approaches, and you'd be like, he's so wow. What did he say? I don't know, but wow. <laughs> wow doesn't help any of us, does it? That doesn't, that doesn't help us. So I just want to put the cookies on the lowest shelf. I think uh, we can all take a step today. I need to take a step. Do you need to take a step? Yeah. Three of you. <laughs> the rest of you are in denial. Our next series just came to me. Our next series is going to be about denial. So <laughs> you probably want to. No, no, no. Turn to the person beside you. Go ahead and turn to them and say, take a step. Yeah, take a step today. Come on, take a step today. Yeah, that's all right. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. We're going to. We can talk a little, a little vision here, and um, before we jump back into this, I want to I want to cast some vision so you can carry the vision. Let me cast some vision. Um, let's talk about let's talk about our church real quick. A couple of things that are on my heart I want to share with you. Number one, we have a phenomenal mission trip coming up. It's in June. It's the first through the eighth. So I can't think of anything better to do once you get out of school than go on a mission trip. I really can't. I mean, literally, I, I can't think of anything better. Um, for some of you, I can't think of anything better than for you to take a week off vacation and put yourself in a place where God can stretch you because when God stretches you, he can change you. Most of us want, us, most of us <laughs> want to be changed. We just don't want to be stretched. I stretched this morning. I, I've come to the conclusion that I got to do more than work out arms and chest and shoulders. I got to work out legs. I don't like legs. Legs gets old quick. It hurts. Are you with me? I don't like legs. So I've been working out my legs. And, and I was like, every Sunday, or not every Sunday, every, every uh, Monday through Friday, I'm going to hit legs. No matter what I'm working out, I'm going to hit legs. Well, I had stretched them in a while. So this morning, I decided to stretch my leg. It hurt. I'm like, oh, my goodness, boy, was that tight. And the truth is, some of us, it's been a while since we allowed God to stretch us. And God can't, God can't do more unless we're willing to stretch. And God wants to do way more than you could ever think or imagine. He wants to do so much in you. And so um, I just tell you, I can't think of anything better than a mission trip. A mission trip will stretch you. This Christmas, we had what was called a Jesus birthday offering. We've done it for seven years. And we take that money and we give it away. Um, if you remember, we talked about two things that we wanted to do. One was we wanted to help a gentleman who works at a Christian camp. We take our kids there. In fact, if your kids haven't signed up for Momentum Kids Camp, you better, big city camp, you better sign them up. It will sell out. We're taking more than last year. Um, yes, you want to get your kids there. It was, it, we were there last year. It was one of my favorite weeks of the summer. And then our middle schoolers go there. And our staff, we go there. Camp Baldwin, Alberta. Alabama, we go there um, for our team advance. That's where we plan out the year. That's what we did in 2018. We went there back in November, planned out all of 2019. You know, we don't wing it. You know, we plan it, we pray it, and, uh, and we do it. And so, um, anyways, our friend there lost his wife. And uh, she was having a hard time uh, breathing one night. And so she went to the couch, couldn't sleep. And uh, he kind of helped her. He went back to bed. He woke up in the morning to get their boy ready for school, young boy. And his wife, the boy's mom, was dead. 
And, uh, and so when we heard that story, God just moved on my heart and said, bless them. You know, we are blessed to be a blessing. Did you know that? The reason why God has blessed you so much is that you will reach in and bless somebody else. And if it doesn't cost you, I'm not sure you're blessing somebody. You know, it, it costs to bless people. But at the end of the day, no one's on their deathbed saying, I wish I had one more Washington, one more Benjamin. I've never heard it. What they want, it, what they want on their deathbed is to know that they made a difference and an impact in their life. Uh, and not just success, significance. Are you with me? And so, man, God put on my heart. We're like, we're going to send him and his boy to Disney World. And so we brought it to you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys stepped up to the plate. And as a church, we stepped up to the plate. And we had over $39,000 come in in that one special offering. And I love that. I love that. I love that because generosity generates goodness. And when we could say, hey, well, we need that money for something else. I mean, we're portable. We don't even have land in a building yet. We have never led land in a building. We've always led people. And one day God will give us land and God will give us a building. But it's not about the land and it's not about the people. It's a, excuse me, not about the land and not about the building. <laughs> my wife's got to quit writing my sermons. I'll tell you what, no, I just kidding. I was just teaching. I just kidding. Y'all say, we wish you'd write them. They'd be shorter. <laughs> but uh, it has always been about people. It will always be about people. And I just thank God um, that we're still on mission with that. He couldn't do it right then, but he's going to get to take his boy and just love on him and have time together with him. But the other thing that uh, we were like, hey, we want to give to was Haiti. Um, God really did a big work in our heart, right, Dr. Ben, last year in Haiti and um, God put in my heart when he called me to start the church that God wanted us to uh, not just have like a thousand missionaries and you get a quarter a month and you get a quarter a month, but to go deep with some missionaries that God would lead us to. And, and mission, being, being a missionary is not an easy thing. And I'm not just talking about witnessing. I'm just talking about moving. I'm talking about learning a new language. I'm talking about being away from family and friends. And, and so these people are the real deal. Pastor Hugh, we'll see him in June. And uh, we're going to build them a chapel. They literally have a few posts. The church is four hours. I don't think I'm exaggerating there. Four hours. You think I preach long. <laughs> um, you know what? Most of, their, most, most of their church is singing. They just want to sing to God. And they sing, and it's so hot. And they got on long sleeves and ties, and, and they just sweat. I mean, when I say sweat, I'm talking about I ate like crazy before I went, and I ate like crazy when I got home because I knew I was going to lose 20 pounds in that heat, man. I mean, they just worship God, and just sing to God, just love God. And a lot, so many of them walked miles to come. Are you with me? This is what I'm talking about. And so we raised money for a chapel where they can meet in there and, and, uh, and do perform weddings. And, and so many of them over there, they know about Jesus. But they do not choose Jesus because they're living in sin. They're living with their, their uh, honey. And they're like, man, to be a Christian, we're not supposed to live together. So we're not going to get Jesus yet because we're not ready for Jesus yet. And so just a whole dynamic there about teaching them what the word says. And, and, you know, Jesus will come to you right where you're at. You don't get cleaned up to come to God. You can't clean yourself up to come to God. God will, God will clean you up. And he'll take you where you are. But the cool thing about God is he doesn't leave you where you are. He may meet you in the hog's pen. He will not leave you in the hog's pen. Am I preaching yet? 
And so Jesus will meet you where you are. And, uh, and so we're excited about that. So we raise that money. So that's going to happen. That's going to happen. We'll be talking more about that and what it looks like. We can't wait to show you um, as we take those next steps with building that and, and just uh, share that with you. Also, in the fall, Stephanie and I had the privilege to go to Israel with Pastor Louis Giglio and Passion City Church and about 500 amazing people. Many of them were pastors. Many of them were not. But uh, we got to go over there. We got to walk where Jesus walked. And the Bible came alive to me. I've been reading my Bible the whole, my whole life. I just lost my mic. See if I know how to put this thing back on. Are we still on? Are we still alive? It's a new chair. I think it swiped that mic right out of my pocket. Y'all saw that, didn't you? Um, we went to Israel, and we got to walk, and I've been reading this Bible my whole life, but when I went to Israel, the Bible came alive to me. It came alive, knowing that I walked where Jesus walked, and all the Bible stories that I've heard, not the fairy tales, the Bible stories that I've heard, I got to be where those stories took place. And I'm telling you, it's, it's like talking about the Grand Canyon and going to the Grand Canyon. It's about showing your children pictures of Walt Disney World and the difference of taking them to Walt Disney. Are you with me? You need to go. Now, we talked about in 2019 we were going to go, and we're working with Cachette. It was the same group that put on this for uh, Passion, and it was just amazing, amazing, amazing tour. And so in talking with them, uh, we could do it in 2019, but they recommended March 2020. Now, it's March 2019. So I'm telling you, a year from now, I want you to experience what we experienced. I experienced God in a way over there that I never experienced God. And I'm telling you, you can't get it unless you do it. Now, we've been to Walt Disney World. If you've been, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with Walt Disney World. I hope you go there on spring break. Nothing wrong with it. But you go to Walt Disney World, and it takes money to go there, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It takes money. And then you end up spending more money. You plan on it. But it's Walt Disney World, and you love it. And your kids love it. And you make memories. Are you with me? It's going to cost a little bit. But I promise you this. It will be worth it. It will be worth it. It will be worth it. So please make plans to come with us. It's going to be amazing. You will miss it. You, listen to me. You want to go to Israel. If you think, well, it's not safe, I promise you. I thought that before I went. I was like, how safe is this really going to be? And not one time did I ever feel fear because we weren't safe. Are you with me? And, uh, man, when you get to see the tomb and you get to go over there to Gordon's tomb in the area where Jesus resurrected, whoo, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And uh, it's incredible. So I want you to come. Steph and I look forward to you coming. We'll be giving more details about that. But you got a year. So just put some money away. And if you think I can't afford it, maybe you're right. Maybe you can't afford it. But I know a God in heaven who sits on a throne really, really high. And it pleases him to bless his children. And I believe if you want to go, I believe God will give you the opportunity to go. So, yes, now that y'all, you don't got to be afraid, right? Now that you know I cut my message in half, we're good. Um, the third thing I want to talk to you about real quick is Easter is coming up. Easter is coming up. So here's what we're going to do. Um, three years ago, we brought in Doug Baldwin. Three years before that, we brought in Marcus Lattimore. And in December, it was actually on the, the ski trip, I really felt like God was kind of nudging me about bringing in another athlete. 
and uh, bringing them in. And you may love sports. You may not know anything about sports. It's all good. It's, it's about a platform. It's about leverage. It's about fishing. It's about baiting. It's about bait on the hook. Are you with me? Any good angler knows you got to bait the hook. And so if you think, well, I don't, bless God, I just go out there and put my hook in the water and pray. And, you know, that's not spiritual. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's not spiritual. You got to bait the hook. And so we've brought in from time to time different people that other people who are unchurched or unsaved would want to come. Are you with me? Jesus fed people. He did miracles. He attracted a crowd. And then he spoke the truth in love. Are you with me? So we can do the same thing. So anyways, a couple men in the church, uh, Stephen and Jeremy, really helped out big time in this. And, and we got someone amazing coming. I'm, I'm super stoked, super excited about who's coming this Easter. Uh, you may have heard of his name if you like college football. Um, if you like the SEC, you probably have heard this guy. If, if you like the NFL, if, if you watch the Super Bowl, um, you probably heard this guy's name. So I want you to look at the screens. I want to introduce you to who's going to be with us this Easter. With the 31st pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select Sony Michelle from the two first at goal. Sony Michelle, and now the first touchdown of Super Bowl 53. I can't be more thankful to score the game-winning touchdown. What does that mean to you? Man, you know, God is good. You know, it's not really about me. You know, without Jesus Christ, without Lord, our Lord and Savior, there is none of this. Um, you know, we get all this glory, but the glory really is not for us. It's for Him. We, we, we do this for Him, um, and that's all, that's kind of my purpose. Um, so, really, none of this really matters to me. Oh yeah, Sony Michelle coming. To momentum this Easter is going to be incredible. Now listen, here's the deal. I want to ask you, do not come to the 11. Now I'm talking to the 11. I know you like this gathering. I know you like it. I get it. I'm going to ask you not to come. Why, Pastor Tim? Because 11 is the optimal time. It's when most people who are unchurched will come to church. Are you with me? And I need your seat. I need your seat. So I'm going to lead like that. Jesus took your cross. Give him your seat. How about that? Don't come at 11. You can serve at 11. Don't sit at 11. I want you to come at 9. And now I'm going to announce the times. All right? So here we go. And Gulf Breeze is going to be regular gathering times. But we're not going to be here. We're going to be in the high school. So we can fit a couple hundred more people. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. So we're going to have a 9 and 11 and a 5 p.m., a 5 p.m., 9, 11, 5 p.m. In Navarre, you're going to be right where you are, 9, 15, 11, 15, 5 p.m., 5 p.m. Now, why the 5 p.m.? Because people are coming. People are coming. We're going to make room for God to do something big. Are you with me? Every time this church has stepped out in faith and we've given God some place to put a blessing to do a miracle, God has done it, and he's not done yet. And so we're going to let him do that. Uh, right now. I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing, and I'm looking forward to it. So please, one more time, cast vision. I need you to carry the vision. I need you 
this crowd, I need you to come to the 9 or the 5 p.m. Because we're going to need your seat for everyone that's coming. I mean, we're, we're doing this big. We're doing this big. We put prayer into this. We made the big ask. He's coming. He's excited to come with momentum and be with us. We're excited. And I'm praying and believing. And I want you to do the same. I'm praying and believing for 1,000 people to cross the line of faith this Easter at Momentum Church. 1,000. That's what we're going we're gonna to do. So now I got 10 minutes and 51 seconds that I've put myself on the clock. Let's see what I can do in 10 minutes. Here we go. All right. Here's, here's, a, here's a challenge for you. Take out your phones right now. Take out your phones. Go to the notes section. Maybe you got a pen and paper. Phone is great because it lights up. I know it's a little dark in here. But um, I want you to write down your highest goal for 2019 right now. You probably already did it. But if you, whether you did it or not, I want, I want us to do this together. Right now, what's your number one goal? What's your number one goal for 2019? We're talking about the power of focus. The series on relationships. Maybe it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to find Mr. Wright. I'm going to find Miss Wright. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your grades. Um, what is your number one goal? Are you there? Do you have it? Okay. Hurry, I got nine minutes left. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing with you. You got it? What's your, high, what's your number one goal? Now, Paul. Paul was the guy who killed Christians. And then he realizes he was very religious. He, he had religion down to an art. In fact, his religion is the very thing that was leading him to kill Christians. He has an experience where God reveals himself. In other words, the blinders that were on his eyes came off. What I'm talking about is the heart that was hardened became soft. And he went from being an unbeliever to a believer. God would teach him. God would teach him. Christians would love him and pour into him, even though at first they were scared. And what happened is God set aside a man who was very intelligent, who understood a lot of the religious people's thinking. And then this guy, who was Saul, became Paul. He writes over half of the New Testament. He writes to a church in Corinth. In fact, that's where we are today. And this church, they, they're, they're, they're mean. Um, there's all kinds of sexual sin in the church. Guys are sleeping with their mother-in-laws. And he addresses it in this letter. It's just crazy what's going on. People are mean. There's hate. People are rude. People are proud. And so he's going to speak to this church. And he pins the letter. And there's actually two of them. There's a 1 Corinthians and a 2 Corinthians. And he's talking to the believers gathered in this city of Corinth. And as he's speaking to them, we read these words in 1 Corinthians 14.1. We read this, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. That is actually 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and the first part of verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. You and I, all we have to do is turn on the TV. All we have to do is turn on the news. All we have to do is pick up our phone. All we have to do is scroll. All we have to do is swipe. All we have to do is look at our news feed. And it's just crazy how hateful people are. I don't know that we've ever lived in more of a, a, 
uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a time where people are just flat out mean. I was talking to one of our officers. I was here last gathering, and I just said, man, thank you so much for serving, and thank you to your family. You know, we honor, you know, we honor and respect those who serve and protect. And I said, thank you so much. And, and I said, man, I, I just know people are so, you know, not everybody, but I know there's just a lot of hate out there. And he said, people really hate us. He said, and those people don't call us for the right reasons. And so I just began to just tell him how much I appreciated him and his family and their sacrifice and all that. And, um, you know, just all you got to do is have your eyes half open to see the hate that's in this world. Can I ask you a question today? Has everything to do about the message? What if? What if you, not we, what if you, what if I began to live our lives with love as the highest goal? What if that became the number one goal? Not to make money, not to start another business, nothing wrong with those things, not to get, you know, uh, married or engaged or get a boyfriend in eighth grade, you know, nothing wrong with those things, right? But I'm talking about what if love, true love, pure love became our highest goal? Now, we talked about mission trips a little bit earlier. When I go on a mission trip, I always bring bars with me. I bring bars because you're going to get hungry, man. So I bring bars. And, and then also dinner. What's for dinner? No, it's not. <laughs> you know what I'm the Lord's calling me to a fast. I just, you know, sometimes you may, not wanna, you may not want to exactly eat that. It's not always bad. Sometimes it's interesting. And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, so I'll bring bars with me. Laura bars. I like these bars. You know why? Because there's only a few ingredients in there. You ever look at what you eat? You ever read what you eat? Me neither. Um, but, uh, but when I do, I begin to read, and I can't even pronounce a thing. Like, what's yellow 59? You know, like, what's this word I can't even pronounce, right? And, uh, you know, so much of our health has to do with what we put in our bodies. And um, sometimes we don't have a sickness problem. It's just a wisdom problem. Sometimes we don't have a relationship problem. It's just a wisdom problem. Sometimes we don't just have a financial problem. It's a wisdom problem. And so when we get wisdom, that's the principal thing, we get better. I take these bars because I never know, man. I like them because there's only a few ingredients in them, and I can read them, and I know what they are. Peanuts, check. Chocolate chips, double check. Yes, Lord. You know, cashews, check. I, peanut, but I, I can understand that. Today what I want to do is begin. Last week was an introduction, and we continue in the series but over the next couple of weeks, I want to unpack a text that we're going to look at. In fact, it's going to be our base camp, our base camp, from where we talk about and continue to learn about relationships. In 14 verse 1, we read, let love be your highest goal. But if you read 1 Corinthians 12, you find that God actually gave gifts to Christians. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit gives you a spiritual gift. And he talks about how we're all part of the body. And sometimes someone wants to be the voice. Other times someone over here wants to be the bicep. But every part of our body is important. All you have to do is lose a fingernail. All you have to do is stub a toe. All you have to do is have an earache. 
I mean, things, all you have to do is have a toothache. Are you with me? To have back pain, L3, what? And then uh, that's all. And we realize that every part in the body is important. And so that's the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 12. You ought to read it. It's powerful. It actually teaches some things you may have never heard before. You ought to read that. But at the very end of chapter 12, it says this. It says, and now I'm going to show you a better way to live. God wants us to live better. And one of the reasons why I love Jesus so much is because Jesus makes life better, and Jesus makes us better at life. How many want to live better? It's not a trick question. Raise your hand. You want to live better? How many, how many know that, that Jesus helps us with life and he makes it better? How many know that? Absolutely. And so between chapter 12 and chapter 14 is the chapter we're all familiar with, more than likely. At some point, you've heard one of these verses. If you've been to a wedding at all in your life, you heard the love chapter. You heard it, the love chapter. And, and it tells us what is love. And we live in a day and age where we have no clue what love is. We have no clue what love is. People say, I love you. And then they do the craziest things. That is the opposite of love. Are you with me? And so just like this Laura bar, these verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, actually the verses are 4, 5, 6, and 7. We're going to unpack, unpack in this series, what is love really? What is it? And the truth is it's simple. It's just a couple ingredients and their characteristics that you and I can say, okay, I can work on that. I need to work on that. Love is. Love is. Love is a verb. A verb shows action or state of being. That means, that means uh, love doesn't hold the shovel. Love shovels. It's one thing to hold a shovel. It's another thing to dig a ditch. Are you with me? Love goes to work. The thing about love is love is in it to win it. But even when it's not winning, love doesn't hit eject and jump out. You with me? Now, when I talk, I understand that I'm speaking to teenagers and empty nesters. No pressure. There are layers of people here today. And so when I say something, you may be like, well, yeah, but in my situation, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. All of us here, all of us here probably, hopefully, know what it is to be loved. And we probably know what it's like to not be loved. Are you with me? We know like the of love and we know the heartache. It is not your fault is what some of you need to hear. Some of you have loved someone. You kept your vow. Maybe you didn't want to, but you kept that vow. Leave them no murder. Yes. Maybe that was an option, but you kept that. And then someone hurt you and they left you. In fact, they left you a long time ago. They left you. And I'm telling you, I, I, please, and don't be like he's talking just to, listen, there's so many people in the church right now that this is their story. I promise you. This is their story. What I want you to hear today, what I want you to hear, I think what God wants you to hear is when it comes to love, sometimes we love and we get hurt because people who said they loved us Prove that they didn't. Are you with me? The thing about God's love is God's love is always perfect. And God will teach us how to love better. 
So let's jump into it. Here we go. Last week, we talked about God made you for a relationship. He made us all for a relationship. This week, it's really simple. And the takeaway is this. Let love be your highest goal. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, 4 says this. Love is patient and kind. Love is. Love is a verb. Love is patient. I don't know about you, but I'm not very patient. I prayed for patience once. Seemed to be the prayer request that got God's attention the quickest. Never prayed for patience again. In fact, I now counsel people, don't pray for patience. Because God is like, oh, yes. You know, and he's not a bad God. I'm, I'm having a little fun. But when we pray for patience, God does the things that will produce patience. But you and I aren't praying for the things that produce patience. We just want patience. Like, <laughs> we just want it. You know, like dough. We just... We just, we just want it right away. And God doesn't do that. He orchestrates events in our life, people in our life, in our life to help produce patience. Love is patient. What is patient? What is patience? In other words, if I could say it this way, love never pressures. It doesn't do that. Love never pressures the other person. Now, you can play it out if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you're married, if you're married without kids, if you're married with kids, you know, if you're single, if you're single again, if you're divorced, wherever you are, if you're, if you're uh, divorced but you're dating and you've got someone God's brought into your life and you're excited about that wherever you are. Maybe you're in empty nesters and the kids are gone and the grandkids, they're better, you know. And you're like, if, why can't I just have grandkids first? I don't know where you are. But wherever you are on the spectrum, wherever you are in the spectrum, Think about this. Love is patient. What if we as parents were more patient with our kids? Kids, what if you were more patient with your parents? What if you were more patient with your spouse? Ooh, what if your spouse was more patient with you? I've always struggled with patience. Steph and I got married um, next month. We'll celebrate 20 years of marriage. 20 years of marriage. About 17 of those were awesome, and the first three, we were working it out, you know what I'm saying? In those first three years, I remember year one, I remember year one, boy, my patience just, impatience just surfaced fast. I was on staff at a church, and we had one car, and that meant we rode together, which meant we were late. <laughs> because when Steph would say, I'm ready, it didn't mean she was ready. It meant I might be ready, I might not be ready. In 30 minutes. And I, I remember being in high school and having an influencer in my life who taught me, he was in the Navy, and he taught me, if you're not five minutes early, you're five minutes late. So if you're five minutes early, you won't be five minutes late. And if you're on time, you're late. So get here five minutes early. That was drilled, drilled, drilled. And to me, and so here we were, one car, Sunday morning, we're getting ready for church. I'm going to go tell teenagers, God loves you. I'm go tell them God's for you. You know, I'll get ready, man. And I'm in the car, and I'm waiting. No, really, I was waiting, y'all. I, I was waiting, and all of a sudden, it's like, poof, there's a little angel. I think it was the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was like, Tim, just wait. She'll come out. I'm like, Lord, do you know what time it is? And then there's, poof, there's like this other angel, and it wasn't a good angel. It's like, honk the horn and hold it down for a long time. I was like, I hear you. I'm going to go with that. 
And I remember being out there waiting, waiting. I was turning red. I'm stressing out. Going to go to church and tell people how much God loves them, you know. And I'm in the car, and I'm just like, and my margin is going, you know, and Stephanie's like, yeah, she curling the hair, whatever. And I'm in the car, and, I, you know, all our neighbors know we work for a church. They know, I'm sure. They just people watch this Sunday morning, get the coffee and open the curtains. Let's, let's watch Tim and Steph. This could be good. You know, get the camera. And by camera, I'm not talking about the camera on the phone. I'm talking about the camera, you know, you know with the tapes we used to insert. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm in there and, like, and I'm holding on and I'm getting madder by the second. And she finally comes in there, you know, and now she's putting on the fingernail polish because it wasn't done. I'm getting higher in a kite. I'm mad and high and trying to just get to church, tell people God loves you, you know, and, and, and that's what's going on are you with me i was impatient and i found out it doesn't work i found out when i was impatient with her it would cost me how many know what i'm talking about it cost me it, would, it did not help and so now just like when she says i'm ready i just smile and nod know what that means it means in 45 minutes we might be leaving we might not and so but now i drive separately that's what i do i drive separately are you with me some of y'all laugh because you get it and and you know you wrestle with that you that tension it's not funny right now you're doing this you know he's talking god is talking to you you know right now but uh it's funny how we do that but just to make it practical all of us can be impatient maybe you've gone out to eat with somebody and and you're like man let's go out and get our families together and then you you saw how <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> you saw how impatient they were with the waiter, the waitress, and they talked to him like they would talk down to a dog, and it made you uncomfortable, and it was impatient, May impatience. Maybe some of you broke a relationship off because this person would not give you room. They would not give you time. They would not give you space, no place for patience, and you're like, I can't live this way. Love is patient and kind, and kind. Kindness means this. Kindness means that, that it's not just about me, that it's actually about you. And I care about your feelings, and I'm concerned consistently about your feelings. I actually care how you feel. That's kind. So love is patient, and love is kind. What if we began in our relationships with our neighbors and our coworkers and our sons and our daughters and our mothers and our fathers? Our spouses, our in-laws, our bosses, maybe the authority placed above you. What if our teachers, our principal, what if we just began to say, you know what? I'm just going to live better. I'm going to become patient. I'm going to work on it. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm just going to work on it. <laughs> patient and kind. What if we were kind to people? And I don't know about you, but, but when, when um, I get impatient, I'm not kind. Did you notice that? Oftentimes, impatience opens the door to being unkind. And this verse goes on, and it says this, love is not jealous or boastful or proud. So love is patient. Love is kind. That's two of the ingredients right there. What is love? Love is, love is patient. The ingredients, patience and kindness. It's organic, man. So many people going gluten-free and this, you know, and fat-free, and I'm like, give me more bacon, man. <laughs> Just keep it coming, you know, and, uh, and nothing wrong with those things. But you know what? As people eat more and more healthy, man, it's about the real ingredients, isn't it? And I think some of the greatest ingredients, the key ingredients to love is patient people and kind people. 
So what if we began to work on that? Next week, we're going to go to the book of Ruth. It's, it's, uh, it's a short book. It's four chapters. It's hard to find. It's uh, very elusive in the Old Testament. I even found myself this week. I was like, where are you? you know, and then I had to go back. Okay, there it is. And uh, there's the book of Ruth. And we're gonna, it, It's a story. It doesn't start out uh, um, fun. Tragedy hits right away. But, but we see this beautiful romance come out of tragedy. And we're going to jump in there. And we're going to watch Patience. We're going to watch kindness on display. It's going to be very, uh, very moving story. I can't wait to get into it. I'm going to stop it right there. And, and just, can we just, for a minute, can we just do a self-check, a gut check, an inventory check? Where are we when it comes to this? I mean, if love is going to be the highest goal, and we're to, we know that the ingredients to love is patience and kindness, by the way, when you have, if you've ever met someone that's patient and kind, you know what they are? They're humble. They're humble. That's what they are. And God loves humble people. Do you know that? God loves humble people. God stiff arms the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. God's looking for humble people. Humble doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you're meek. It means that you have strength under control. It doesn't mean that you let people walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you're a doormat. I'm a Christian. I'm just called to be a doormat. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. But it means that every day, love is your highest goal. What if? What if? What if we set down our political differences and remembered that the truth is we're human beings and we all are emotional beings. We all have a story. We all have walked through tragedy and pain. And we all truly need love. We truly need patience. We truly need kindness. What if all of us said, you know what? I'm going to, and this is the title of the message, I'm going to be humble and kind. What if? Forget the keys under the mat. My childhood stars shine. Always stay humble and kind. Go to church cause your mom says to visit grandma every chance that you can. It won't be a waste of time. Always stay
Joe is on staff, came here from Texas, had a cowboy hat I asked him to wear, but they, they weren't sure, but I was like, man, trust me, Joe, you could have rocked it, but buddy, you nailed that song. Joe leads our all-access teams at Momentum Church, that's our production, and Joe, now not only you and I, Matt, we know he can sing, everyone knows he can sing, great job, man, phenomenal. I want y'all to be seated just for a moment, we're through, I'm through. We're almost through. Um, what if, guys? What if? What if? What if? What if we stopped going to Facebook to spew anger and hate? What if we stopped tweeting on Twitter the things that once were said we could not take back? What if we stopped talking to our parents like they were dirt? What if we stopped pushing our girlfriend to sleep with us when she's wanting to do right? What if we showed our in-laws or in-loves a little more kindness? What if the person that comes and picks up your trash, you greeted and said, can I, can I get you a drink? I got Coke, water, Dr. Pepper. Can, can, I, can I get you something to drink? What if you just happened to be at your mailbox one day when a mail person came around and he just smiled and said, you know, you just do a great job. What if we just got back to humility? And the ingredients are simple. 
You can pronounce them. You can understand them. You can get them. It just starts with patience and kindness. What if we leave today and instead of the waitresses and the waiters who are like, we hate Sunday because that's when the church people come and they're, I've heard this many times, not trying to be funny. I've heard this many times in different places that I've lived. They say, man, Sundays are the worst. That's when the church folk come and they just mean and they don't tip. Doesn't that suck? To be a Christian and to leave that type of, and then we're going to invite them to church. Who would want to come to church? I wouldn't want to come to church. You with me? What if we got back to being humble and kind? And I think we can do it. I think you can do it. I know you can do it. And, and, and here's your homework for all of us this week. Let love be our highest goal. Maybe hold the door open for someone. Maybe don't curse at the person that pulls out in front of you. Maybe they're trying to get to work just like you are. might save some of us from heart attacks you know what I'm saying but just be humble and kind what if we let people go first what if we put others first what if we just live that way this week what if love became our highest goal what if we wrote a letter of encouragement to our kids teachers to the principal to the coach instead of yelling at them what if we did that what if we put a little note in a lunchbox just to tell our sons and daughters how much we do not take for granted that we get to be their father their mother what if we picked up the phone and just told uh, someone who's going through it that they're not alone what if we got back to humility just to be patient to be humble and kind i, I really encourage us to do it and I, right now we're going to pass out the host that the campuses are going to pass out a magnet and I want you to do this. I want you to take that magnet, and I want you to memorize it. It's God's Word. So many people think they know God, but they don't know God's Word. They never get in the Word. Without the Word, you can't know God. Are you with me? And so this magnet has a couple verses. It's our verses for this series. It's 1 Corinthians 13, and it's verse 4, 5, 6, and verse 7. And we'll just take a line at a time. Just what we did today, we just took one little thing. It's so funny because you don't have to read a chapter. You know, it's not how much we hear. It's not how much we read. It's how much we actually assimilate. So humble and kind. So be patient and kind. Love's not proud. It's not rude. What if we just got that one down? So you're going to get this magnet. And I want you to put it on your refrigerator. If you're like me, you go there more than once a day. I go there often. Maybe, maybe your, your work and, and you work so much and you got a file cabinet and that file cabinet, man, you hit that thing several times a day. You got to go through there, file stuff, maybe put it on that, but uh, take this magnet and let's memorize these verses. Let's memorize these verses over this series. All of us in Allscape, let's memorize the magnet, memorize the verses, and then let's just live it out and, and maybe focus on not what we disagree about but maybe what we can find common ground about. And let's live it out this week. Love. Let love be our highest goal. And here's what I know about you guys, because you're awesome. You go after your goals. You reach your goals. And you celebrate your goals. Can you imagine what this community would be like, will be like, when we reach that goal? It's going to be better. I can't wait for that. What about you? You bow your heads and close your eyes. How many say, man, I got to work on this? Like, God spoke to my heart today, Pastor Tim, and man, you know, just uh, 
yeah, the patience thing, the kindness thing, the humility thing, not being boastful or rude or proud, but man, just, man, I, I, I need to be humble and kind, yeah. And, and I'm going to work on that this week. In fact, I'm going to work on making sure that I live out love being the highest goal in my life this week. To my spouse, to my children, to my neighbors, to my coworkers, to my employees, to my boss, to my teachers, to my coach, to the people in the gym, to my banker. We can go on and on and on and on. How many say, I'm going to, yes, that's the focus this week. I'm, I'm going to live it out. Lord, help me live it out this week. If that's you, would you raise your hand all over every campus, Blackwater, Navarre, here Gulf Breeze. You're online. God sees your heart. Just hold up your hands. I'm going to live this out in my patience. I'm going to live it out. Thank you. Put your hands down. God, I pray for all of us that raised our hand. I pray you would help us, God, to live this out. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us when we pull out of this parking lot that now we get to live it out. Help us to live it out, Jesus, this week. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I, if I can just take maybe two minutes and point you to the cross. We never like to close a gathering here without giving people the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The Bible is a book of different authors, but all through the Bible, there's a theme. And that theme is that God loves us, God made us, sin robbed us, so Jesus died for us, so he could free us from the sin that came from within. Sin brought separation from God. Sin created a chasm. Adam and Eve, beautiful place, everything great. The one thing God said is, don't do the enemy, the tempter, the liar, the devil, tricked them, tricked Eve, scripture says, and basically told her, God's not good. God's holding back from you. Go ahead and do it. God told you no, because he doesn't want you to enjoy. And it's crazy. That same lie is still being told today in so many different ways. And so Eve believed the lie. She rebelled against God. She disobeyed. And just like God said, in the day you do it, you will die. What happened is sin entered the world and now death followed. And so for all the years, people have lived, they've sinned, and they've died. Why? Because death is the punishment for sin. That's the bad news. And, and scripture tells us we're all sinners. And you and I both know we're all going to die one day. That doesn't really get me too excited. What gets me excited is that God loved us so much, he knew what was going to happen ahead of time, and God already had a plan A. It was his plan from the beginning to love us. And so now what that looked like is that Jesus would come to this earth, he would be a human, he would be tempted with everything you and I have ever been tempted with. He was tempted to be proud. He was tempted to be rude. He was tempted to be unkind. He was tempted to be impatient, yet without sin. And because he never sinned, he could take away our sin. So Jesus, when he died on the cross, he became the payment for our sins. Now you can know that, but that will not get you into heaven. The devil knows that. That is history. 
What separates history from salvation is when you personally receive that as your own. We call it belief. So in the New Testament, it tells us that we need to confess that we're a sinner and we need to confess that Jesus is Lord. That means we're saying, God, you're God and we're not. And we're a sinner and our sins have separated us from you. We are guilty. So what do we do with our sin? Religion says you got to work your sin away. you got to do this and do that to take care. The only thing that can delete your sin is the blood of Jesus. That's why he died. He did not die for you to go to church. He did not die for you to be a good person. He died because the blood of Jesus had to be shed to forgive us of our sin. That's all through the Old Testament. Sin demanded blood. So Jesus said, I don't want you to have to die. Instead, I'll take your place. And he who never sinned became sin. So you and I could become forgiven. That's how much he loves you. So understand this, that God is not mad at you today. God is madly in love with you. And he did everything necessary to restore that right relationship with God. And when he was on that cross, he thought of you. He thought of you and he loved you. It's why he didn't come down. But I want to tell you something. Three days after he was buried, he rose again. And if you and I will believe that not only did Christ die, but that Christ died for me. Not only did he rise from the tomb, but he arose for me. If we'll believe that, that's salvation. We make it personal. We accept the gift. And how do you do that? Scripture teaches us it's with our mouth that we confess. And it's with our heart that we believe. We confess we're a sinner. We confess Jesus is Lord. We turn from our sin to Jesus. We receive the gift that we could never earn. We receive the forgiveness we never deserved. And we receive it freely. When we do that, we become a child of God. And I believe with so many people here today in Navarre and Blackwater, people watching online, I believe there are so many people that today is your day. And you're going to say yes to him. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now. We're going to talk to God. You do not pray through me. Scripture tells us that Jesus is our high priest. You do not have to go through a man to get to God. That was the old covenant. The new covenant is that Jesus came and he is our high priest and we go to Jesus. Scripture tells us that there's no mediator other than Jesus Christ. There's no one between God and man except for Jesus. So we go to Jesus. So let's talk to him. I'm going to say a prayer. You can repeat it out loud after me. And it's not just saying these words. It's you believing him in your heart. If you do that and pray this for the first time, you'll be forgiven. You'll be made brand new. If you've already said it, say it with me today. I've, I've already received Christ as my Savior. But I want to do this to encourage people who never have. I don't want them to feel alone, intimidated, embarrassed. We're all against that. So let's just pray it out loud together. Can we? Here we go. Would you say, Jesus, today I confess I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin to you. I need a Savior. I feel your love and I receive your love. Thank you for loving me. I believe you died for me. I believe you were buried and I believe you rose again. I now give you my life and I receive your life. 
teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just hold your hand up. We will not embarrass you. We have a gift we want to give you that will take help you grow in your new faith journey. So on the count of three, we won't embarrass you. Just hold up your hand on the count of three. Wherever you are, a couple seconds of courage. Navar, you ready? Blackwater, you ready? Online. Go freeze. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold it up. I see a hand and a hand and a hand. Hold it up. That's right. Hold it up. That's right. I see a hand. Hold it up. Hold it up, Navar. Keep it up. Hold it up, Blackwater. Hold it up. So good. You're you're watching online. Let us know, please. You're watching Facebook or however you're watching today. Please let us know. We want to celebrate with you.